This is Sound and Vision from KEXP in Seattle. I'm Emily Fox. The next few episodes of this podcast will be dedicated to the topic of sexual assault, misconduct, and harassment in the music industry. On Thursday, I'll bring you a 30-minute radio documentary about the rise and fall of Burger Records. In July, it became the first record label to fold because of rampant sexual assault allegations. Many of those allegations involved underage teenagers. And it's just really heartbreaking to hear all of these similar stories from girls that I like made eye contact with in the pit of these places that we felt so safe and like so cool and like accepted and like could be our full selves. We were all abused by the same men. But we'll also hear what the music industry is doing to prevent sexual assault in the first place. Let's start first with venues. Shauna Potter is the singer of a hardcore feminist punk band called War on Women. She has a song about gender-based violence called Say It. There's a song about street harassment called Broken Record. And a song about making trans folks feel safe in spaces. It's called Second Wave Goodbye. And last year, she released a book called Making Spaces Safer, a guide to giving harassment the boot wherever you work, play, and gather. The book was inspired by safe space trainings Potter puts on at various venues in her hometown of Baltimore. She also does trainings at venues when she's on tour and at festivals. And her book really lays out a step-by-step process of how to make spaces safer. You know, she talks about signage in venues that lay out codes of conduct. She talks about staff training, how people can flirt without being a creep, what people can do if they're being harassed, and restorative justice and transformative justice when it comes to approaching abusers and getting them to change their ways, among other things. And here's what Shauna had to say about what a safe space looks like. It should not just be white and male. (laughs) Uh, it should be represented by community members um, in whatever town you're in. And it, yeah, it should also have obvious signage um, with posted policies to let everybody know what is acceptable behavior in that space and what's not. And then how should the staff be trained? I find that it's helpful for staff members to do role-playing exercises or walk through scenarios that might come up regularly Uh, So while, you know, hopefully there's someone in town that can do bystander intervention or safer space training. But if not, I just want all the staff to get together and talk to each other. Um, Because often, especially at a bar or a bookshop, you know, these people are not working at the same time, right? They have different shifts. And so one person might have a really great tactic for dealing with a certain kind of harassment um, in their shop. And everyone should know that. And so what I love to do in these trainings uh, when I train venues is, is I actually get everyone together so they can talk to each other and Skillshare because they're going to be more of, uh, you know, they're going to be experts at what works for their particular environment more so than me, especially if I don't work in that environment every day like they do. So what's your advice to, for how to react if you're being harassed? Oh, for the person that's being harassed in yeah. that moment? Well, there's a lot of stuff you can do, but... I find that what I need to tell people the most is that it's okay if you want to pretend to ignore it. It is a valid response 
to pretend to ignore harassment. That doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make, you know, you're not letting down womankind by doing that. Um, you're surviving. You're getting through that moment as safely as you can. And that's fine. So ignoring it is a response. But if you want to do more than that, then I encourage people to stay calm and not escalate the situation. I don't want to encourage any more violence, of course. To effectively communicate that this behavior is not okay, it's good to stay calm. It's good to put kind of a physical barrier, like put a hand up and just say, hey, not interested, or hey, that's harassment, and then keep walking. Um, I don't I don't think anyone needs to get into an actual high school debate, you know, <laughs> with harassers. You're not going to convince them in that moment that everything they've been doing up until now is wrong. But they do need to be met with resistance. And I think that the more people show them that resistance, including bystanders, including people that look like them. Right. So if I'm harassed by a man, I need other men around that guy to say, dude, that's not cool. Like, leave her alone. So we just need to give them the resistance and let them know that what they're doing is not cool. But we don't need to stick around and change them forever ourselves, especially as a victim. That's not your responsibility. And if you but, you know, if you feel like getting into it, if you feel like having that conversation, uh, sometimes those can make a huge difference. So I say proceed with caution, but go for it. We're going to hear more from Shauna Potter in the Burger Records documentary about restorative justice and holding abusers accountable. Again, that episode will drop on Thursday. But first, I also want to introduce you to Sadie Dupuis, who puts Shauna Potter's book to use. Sadie Dupuis performs under the band Speedy Ortiz, and she has another project called Sad 13, which actually addressed the topic of consent on their last album. I say yes to the dress when I When Sadie goes on tour, she actually has a hotline people can call if they're being harassed, abused, or feeling unsafe at a show. The Speedy Ortiz hotline was kind of the first thing I ever did in terms of trying to bring safer spaces literature to venues on tour, both nationally and internationally. The way it worked is we set up a a phone number you could text if you were experiencing harassment at a show, and it would forward to every member of our touring party. And the hope is we could help someone get to safety or to de-escalate a situation since often, as so many musicians and concert goers know, uh, security is not usually trained in how to de-escalate conflict. And sometimes the most dangerous experiences we have at concerts are actually interactions with security. Um, So the hope was because... On every tour, you wind up with a list of contacts, everyone at the venue who you should be in touch with if something goes wrong. People standing in the crowd don't have that information. If someone is experiencing harassment in the crowd, they don't know who's the right contact to talk to or who's safe to talk to. So the hope was uh, that we could extend sort of the privilege we have as performers of knowing who's the contact um, in order to, to make it a better experience for everyone. And it was basically born out of one of a bazillion harassment experiences I've had at a show, but this was a festival, a large festival I was playing. Um, I experienced a pretty long stretch of kind of scary harassment and a number of people around me 
didn't intervene until I had sort of de-escalated it myself. Um, and I felt so lucky that I knew where the backstage was, that I knew who at the festival I could talk to about what had happened. And I thought about the, you know, tens of thousands of people attending the festival who didn't have that privilege. So the hope was to create this hotline to extend some of that to our, our fans and just people at our shows. Um, what we've kind of found is alongside the hotline, we ultimately began distributing bystander intervention and de-escalation strategies that were kind of compiled from Hollaback's work. Um, they do a lot to combat street harassment and also in venues and bar spaces. Um, so we have that and we also have like a modified version of safer spaces policies. Um, and so those things felt more helpful to us than the hotline, which got used a couple times, but it, you know, every time we're on tour, we give out hundreds of pamphlets on bystander intervention. And I think equipping people with that knowledge so that every show they go to, they can be prepared to help is more powerful than just one touring band having a hotline that follows them everywhere. Um, some venues want to institute their own number, which I think is a much smarter idea. So that, for instance, if you live in Seattle and you say, oh, I have the Vera Project's safety hotline programmed into my phone, something troubling is happening, I know that this is the number I can text, rather than expecting people to have a phone number for every band traveling through. So obviously, you know, it's been five years of this initiative. We've kind of modified it as it's gone on, but... Um, I'm always happy to be involved in this conversation and to see the ways that things are changing. We spent most of 2018 doing a fundraising initiative to buy copies of Shauna Potter's, uh, her shorter version of her book, Making Spaces Safer, which is a, a guidebook for venues. And we were able to raise money to give a copy of the book to every, um, promoter and production contact that we worked with that year, both in the U.S. and internationally. Um, and people are really grateful to have these materials. They want to take venue safety into their own hands. They want to make shows better for concert goers and for artists and for staff. Um, so just being able to distribute that kind of information and have these conversations, I think, is really important steps in the right direction. So do you still have that hotline? Op I mean, we're obviously not touring right yeah. now. But yeah, like the hotline is up. And it would forward to anyone who was on any individual tour. And there were a couple moments where we used it, but I wouldn't, I mean, obviously on a tour where you're playing like 300 to a thousand cap clubs, you're not going to have a harassment emergency every night. But I think having the signage up was kind of probably the more crucial thing of saying, you know, don't touch other showgoers without their consent. Be mindful of your language, et cetera. Do you do you have a sense of how many times the hotline was actually used? Maybe like less than 10 for for a real like, you know, and often it was like, I don't feel safe. Can someone from the venue walk me to my car at the end of the night? Stuff like that, which is something great and something we were happy to help facilitate. Um, but again, something that's probably better left in the hands of the venues who should have these programs built into their structure. When you think about like all the safe space stuff you've done, like it's like, you know, putting up signs and languages, like what do you think really works when it comes to creating a safe space? 
I think having conversations like this and I think really putting the onus on the venues rather than the touring artists to make sure that their security is trained in these uh, practices. Because as I've said, I've had venue security escalate violence with people who are performing just due to lack of calm communication. Um, I think that venues having a really clear policy on harassment and uh, following through with it just shows that they, they care about concert goers and that they're, they're willing to protect them. So, so those are the things to me on tour, nothing makes me feel better than playing at a venue and seeing that they have clear policies on their website for harassment, that they have a number or a security contact or signage in the bathroom. You know, if you don't feel safe, talk to this bartender, um, venues that do things like angel shots where you order, I don't know if you've, anyone's talked to you about this. Um, you order an angel shot, and that means that you're experiencing something unsafe, and someone behind the bar will discreetly walk you to safety. Um, just having initiatives to help people discreetly escape harassment, especially in a concert setting, especially in a setting where alcohol is being sold and consumed, it's really important. That was City Dupuis. Her latest album was Sad 13 will be released later this month. That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Shout out to user No Theft, who wrote the latest review of this podcast. Thank you. It means a lot because subscribing, rating, and reviewing lets others know that this podcast exists. It makes it more discoverable on all of the podcast platforms. So thanks for doing that. And if you want to go the extra mile, you can also give a one-time $20 donation at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks so much for listening.